We read this morning from the Hebrew Bible. We read from 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 20. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. So how well did Eli sleep? What keeps parents awake at night is worrying about their children. And on that score, Eli had plenty to worry about. In fact, all of Israel had plenty to worry about in the days described in 1 Samuel. At the time, the Israelites were not a nation, but a loose confederation of tribes defined by religious practice. That practice centered on rituals performed at a temple, actually a tent sanctuary like the one at Shiloh, where Eli, by birthright, was a priest. So were his two sons. Unfortunately, 
Those sons consistently dishonored their positions by helping themselves to the best portions of sacrificial offerings, threatening to take those delicacies by force if anyone resisted. They also took the female temple servants as their sexual partners. The narrator is not afraid to call Eli's sons what they were, scoundrels, says the text, with no regard for the Lord or for the duties of the priests to the people. Now, all of this is happening in 1 Samuel before we get to today's text. But we need to hear it because this story of Samuel is also the story of Eli, which is also a story of all the Israelites who should all, every last one, have trouble sleeping. By the time of today's story, Israel is a hot mess as attested in the book of Judges, which ends with a brutal gang rape resulting in a woman's murder and dismemberment, which results in a massive genocidal war, which is followed by mass abductions of women, and then by the closing words of Judges informing us that in those days everyone in Israel did whatever they pleased. Anyone in Israel who, like Eli, may have been trying to hold to a moral center was surely lying awake in the darkness, frightened. Eli knew what his sons were up to and what they risked. At his advanced age, he couldn't see very well, but his hearing was okay, and reports of his son's behavior had reached his ears from all over. He pleaded with his sons to change. He quailed at the thought of his sons in the hands of an angry God, He was even visited by a prophet who confirmed all his fears and worse with a pronouncement of coming destruction on his entire family. And so it's hard to imagine that he slept well as he lay in the darkness in the temple. The images in today's story are all darkness. In this time of terror in Israel, the word of God is not often heard and visions are not widespread. Eli's own vision had begun to grow dim. Some light is afforded by a seven-branched lamp, the lamp of God, which was lit every evening and burned till the oil within it was consumed. But mostly, the temple is in darkness. Within that darkness lies Eli, likely tossing and turning. And also in the darkness, a boy, Samuel, sleeping. Samuel's mother, Hannah, had prayed for years to have a child. So desperate was she that she promised God, if you give me a son, I will give him to you as your consecrated servant forever. Eli himself had assured Hannah that God would grant her prayer. And when God did, Hannah followed through on her promise. And that is how the boy Samuel came to be sleeping in the temple, even though he did not yet know the Lord. Now, through all the darkness leading up to today's story, you can catch glimpses of Samuel like hints of a rising sun. After a long description of the sins of Eli's sons comes a note that Samuel was ministering before the Lord in a little robe that his mother made for him every year. After Eli pleads with his sons to change their ways, we learn that the boy Samuel, in contrast to the scoundrel sons, continued to grow both in stature and favor with the Lord and with the people. 
and after the prophet visits Eli with a prediction of doom for his entire family, we come to today's story where Samuel is sleeping in the temple and Eli probably isn't. This story is about the fall of old powers, the house of Eli, and the rise of God's words so long missing from Israel. Removed from their context, today's verses are often preached as a story of how Samuel learned to listen for God's voice. But in context, this is a story of a whole people's movement from darkness into light, from lack of understanding into understanding, from a time of evil into a time of hope restored. Now, Samuel knows nothing of all this movement when the story begins. Up until now, Eli has been his only teacher, and he has answered only to Eli. No wonder that when he hears a voice calling him in the middle of the night, he assumes it's Eli who's calling, and he keeps going to Eli for direction. And get this, when Samuel, through Eli's instruction, finally does invite God to speak, who does God talk about? Eli, listen again. See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end, for I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever. If your Bible has subheadings, Today's text is probably under a subhead that says something like, The Lord Calls Samuel. But when I reread the story this week, I thought, How is this a call to Samuel? God doesn't say, Samuel, here's something I want you to do. Shouldn't God have been calling, Eli, Eli? Eli was probably awake anyway. Actually, God did try to talk to Eli at least once through a prophet. Yet Eli remained unable to restrain his sons. Maybe there just wasn't any point in talking to Eli again. In fact, maybe that is the point of God's message to Samuel. Beneath the prophecy of the destruction of Eli's house is a message for a new leader. And it goes something like this. Samuel, the ones you look to for guidance can guide you no more. The ones entrusted to lead can be trusted no more. The ones in power shall be in power no more. God didn't tell Samuel exactly what to do. But God pointed Samuel in a direction, and that direction was away. Samuel needs to start looking away from the house of Eli. Wherever Samuel is headed, he needs to know that the powers who have gotten Israel into its current mess are not going to lead the people into a bright new future. Someone else needs to lead. Who will it be? As in the gospel according to Luke, the answer lies in a song. Remember that Samuel's mother prayed and prayed for a child. Well, when she finally got one, she sang about it. 
And it's interesting for us to hear this song at this point in the church year because it was only about a month ago that we heard a very similar song sung by Mary, Mother of Jesus. Now here's Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. And here's Samuel's mother, Hannah. My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. The theme of these songs is the same. God reverses the dynamics of power. God shows God's presence among a people, not by giving more power to the powerful, but by lifting up the lowly. The lowly child Samuel, a light glimpsed through Israel's dark window, will be raised up to lead his people. Many centuries later, power vested in another lowly child would again change the world. Now I'm guessing that in recent days, many of us have been tossing and turning in our beds like Eli, thinking of the mess that we have made of things. When I say we, I mean all in positions of leadership and responsibility, including the responsibility that simply comes with age. I mean all of us who have had the years and the opportunity to make a difference. Right now, it feels like all we've made is an intractable mess of things. Where are the new leaders? the lowly ready to be lifted up to lead? Where is a Samuel ready to hear God's voice? Where are the new generations with truth to tell? God has a scary message for Samuel, so scary that he too lies awake the rest of the night. And when he gets up in the morning, he goes about his duties in the temple afraid to speak to Eli. Eli actually has to coax God's message out of him and insist that Samuel hide nothing. In other words, remarkably, the one about to lose his power insists on being told the whole truth. Even more remarkably, when he hears about it, he does the only thing left to do. He accepts it. It is the Lord, he says. Let him do what seems good to him. None too soon, Eli has found humility. 
Isn't it interesting that becoming humble seems to take away his fear? We should all be so fortunate. Samuel, Samuel, the people to whom you have looked for leadership have not only refused for generations to address systemic injustice, the spreading of lies that lead to violence, and the resulting despair, but have proved the old adage that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. On the other hand, Samuel, I could sing you a couple of good songs about what happens to the powerful. Are you ready to be lifted up? Maybe you could just start by opening some doors. That's what Samuel does first thing in the morning. After receiving the prophecy, after tossing and turning on his cot, even as he wonders what to say to Eli, his first duty of the day is to open the doors of the house of the Lord. How wonderful that is to picture the long dark night over, the doors open, and light pouring in. Samuel, Samuel, your elders have been awake all night, mourning the mess we have made of things. You have truths to tell. We pray for the humility to accept them. Samuel, open the doors and let the light in. Amen. <laughs>